This is gonna be fucking fun. In the hole with Major League A holes, episode one twenty six. Uh, we didn't talk about this before. Do you have a jersey representation for? Is this episode twenty eight of socks type thing? Uh, yeah, sure I do. Of course. All right, we're canceling uh, this part of the show. If this is too many weeks in a row, where you you are not prepared. I am actually prepared. So is I'm it gonna, Lou, is it Ray Garcia? <laughs> I'm gonna call this the Lurie Garcia show. For socks type thing. Which well, I mean, I think it kind of has to be because we, we had a segment formerly for those of you who may be new to this, if there is anyone new to no. this. <laughs> <There's definitely laughs> no one new. We, we used to have Lou Ray the Legend where I would read on the air some underwhelming oh, stats yes. from that that week. Usually it had something to do with reach base once once on yeah. an error. <laughs> yeah, fortunately, there would be none, no more of those. Uh, so the underwhelming stat is he was actually wore jersey number 28 for a while for the White yes. Sox and did very little with it. 20, 29. All right. well, that's going to be a doozy. Okay. Let's, let's, I, I am canceling this part. We're not doing that. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I've been trying. Well, part, part of the reason I... <laughs> I'm very, very emotional right now as it has been a very tumultuous 24 hour, 24 plus hours for uh, yeah, anyone, yeah, anyone like myself who is a Tigers slash Cubs fan as essentially catastrophic injuries have happened to eh, just the best players in the fucking roster of both those teams, uh, potentially with the Cubs. We'll see that, but We've also had a Tigers versus White Sox series, which we'll break down in great detail. Uh, Riveting, and it worked out really well for me, but I think it was a really crazy, entertaining series, no matter what perspective you had. Cubs uh, had a ridiculous week where they looked like complete shit against a very mediocre team, and then they won a series against the best team in baseball. So I'm not sure how to process that. Uh, We've got... Plenty of uh, Giants, Sox, and A's news to talk about. Got our badass of the week, and I'm going to throw in an, an aesthetics, whether you want it or not. It's happening. So Definitely don't want it. <laughs> I say we go ahead and jump into the news. Now here's the news. It's the news. The big news. Oh, fuck, Scotty, that is good news. That is great news, man. Let's bring it all home as Major League Baseball presents This Week in Baseball. Uh, Yeah, those are the ambulances heading towards Comerica Park as within the last, I think it literally is 24 hours. I would say like 18 hours is the between the alerts, maybe. Yeah, I think that's popped up on my phone. Yeah, where I was shocked. So, well, Matt Verling. Went on the went on the IL. Fortunately, we traded with your White Sox to get uh, Jake Marisnik to take care of that issue. Ooh, he's a doozy. Unfortunately, we weren't prepared for everything else that was about to happen. Uh, with especially, well, I'll finish or start at least with Riley Green, as we'll now need a second outfielder to come to our rescue. Riley Green 
somehow came down with a stress fracture of his left fibula during the game yesterday, uh, right on the heels of Eduardo Rodriguez rupturing the A4 pulley in his left index finger. And I'm not sure about you, but I have never heard of an A4 pulley. Oh, hey, let me let me tell you there, Ryan. The A4 <laughs> pulley is normally used to take off the uh, lug nut on <laughs> on the uh, right uh, radiator grill. Uh, that no makes idea. sense. No I've idea. never heard of the body part. I've never heard of it being an, an injury concern or an issue with any major league pitcher. Um. I think the whole world has been floored by this. At least the Tigers, Tigers nation has. Uh, with all that happening, obviously our best pitcher, best pitcher in the American League for a while. He had tailed off it slightly in the last couple of starts, followed by by far our best offensive position player, Riley Green, who is finally coming into his own. He was actually the American League leader in batting average in May. He had a thousand OPS throughout May as well. Finally coming into his own. Tigers had their first winning month in May, 16 and 11. First winning month since September of 2021. Uh, things things are kind of coming together. And then all of a sudden it just all went to shit. Uh, the amazing thing is they won the game today against against the, the Rangers with all that as a backdrop. Such, you know, just terrible news negativity somehow they pulled it pulled it out uh marisnik had a, actually had a great game so i want to i want to thank you guys for trading him to to the tigers from the white Sox for the most often traded player cash considerations <laughs> jerry reinsdorf must have needed some walking around money so yeah maybe maybe for that new network uh, yeah we'll get to that eventually that, I'm i'm curious about that i want to hear your thoughts on that but so yeah, it's been it's been a roller coaster for the Tigers. They lost a series, of course, to the Rangers, who are arguably the second best team in baseball. Just an offensive juggernaut. They they score runs. Yeah, this Come is what up. they were supposed to be doing last year, and and it's all clicked this year. Yeah, it's clicking. Their 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 lineup is the scariest I've seen this year. I think by far, uh, even even more than the Rays. But wow, uh, they Tigers actually pulled it out. They. Uh, today at least they so they didn't get swept they did lose the series two games to one but so yeah i was impressed with that effort a full team effort as tigers are leading the the majors in pinch hits or pinch hit pinch hitters at least they're among the leaders in pinch hits themselves but aj hinch is doing everything he can to move the roster around in game before game post game whenever he has to to Yep. Get the best matchups. And that, that's actually been working as he tries to piece this together. He's going to have to be piecing together uh, even more with the rotation and the bullpen as we move forward. Yeah. I saw in the Sox series, I think there were at least two games where he had a pinch hitter in like the fifth inning just because yeah, of the, for the matchup. That's every day. That That is, yeah. that's how he has to play it. And that's, I, I love it. It keeps you on your toes, paying attention to who's in and out of the lineup, but I think the players love it too. And it's really what they have to do to maximize every at bat. Yeah, it's obviously working to some degree. I mean, to some degree. Yeah. I mean, yeah. hovering, we were, Tigers were within one game of, of the Twins at one point this weekend for first place in the AL Central, believe it or not. Uh, that has kind of fallen away a bit. Although I didn't see, I think that, 
I think the Twins are playing later tonight. So I think they're two games back or maybe a game and a half back right now. So that, that could close up to a game again, which would be. They are a game and a half back. You're <laughs> that would be amazing somehow this deep into the season to have the Tigers still relevant. Well, I mean, when your first place team with a loss tonight is 500. Um, <laughs> Gotta love the AL Central. I mean, we're all in it. We're all in it. There is some good. We are. Yeah, on the injury front, there has been some good news that uh, Tigers fans can grasp onto at least. Tarek Skubal finished his uh, final live BP session this oh, week. Oh, nice! Which is the final step before doing a rehab assignment. Well, that's good news. He was reaching 98 miles per hour. Uh, everyone was, the whole team was actually watching his last live BP, and everyone was thoroughly impressed and. Uh, couldn't believe his locate his spot on location beyond the velocity, which is really encouraging. If he does a rehab assignment, I believe the rules are he can only be there for 20 days. So that, that sounds is. like when the in the next couple of weeks we might be seeing Tarek Skubal if all things go well, which couldn't happen a moment too soon uh, with the with the Erad news. So just uh, just a crazy time uh there's reasons to be positive reasons to be really freaked out but hell man this has been a really fun season regardless so again the first winning month that we've had in, in a year and a half so that's why that's why it's been a lot more interesting tigers have been doing it by controlling the strike zone have you heard me say that before have you heard any of the tigers say that before i hear you say it every week and One? on every broadcast there's well, controlling you, the strike zone you got to see it in action as you were forced to witness it as your white Sox traveled to detroit this weekend and boy did the tigers ever control the strike zone over four games against your white Sox. we had a thursday game one seven two win for the tigers uh, i believe you at least alex fiedo the starter had 13 strikeouts and zero walks uh game two very different story and you'll i'm sure you're gonna want to talk about that a lot more than the other games but uh 12-3 win for your socks saturday and sunday were basic uh basically bangers man they were great games really crazy entertaining games uh both worked out for tigers fans uh much much to my delight uh but it basically came down to your bullpen. Uh, we took advantage late, late in both those games to, to come back uh, from deficits no. late in the seventh inning or later. So I would say the final game is a little bit Riley green and a little bit Lewis Robert. Mm. Um, Lewis Robert, if he makes the play correctly on the ball, which means just keeps it in front of him, the white Sox probably win the game. If Riley yeah. Green doesn't jump up over the wall and and rob Jake Berger on his 415 foot out, then the Sox win the game that way too. So it was both center yeah. fielders, but um, you know, Riley Green, incredible fucking play, fantastic. Lewis Robert, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Mm, yeah. Like there's yeah, no was... reason you're not going to make the catch, especially where he started sliding from. Why even do it? Like, yeah. I know he's trying to I, make uh... a play because he wasn't, he had no hits in the series. So he's trying to make a play, like make a difference somehow. I get how that gets to you mentally, but dude, you're a gold glover, man. You're having a gold glove year. Don't, 
just like don't make a bonehead mistake like that and cost your team a, a would-be split. So I, f- I feel like the Tigers have to do every little thing correctly to win series like that, and they, they happen to do mm. that this weekend. Things had to go their way, of course, too. But the main thing, again, <laughs> controlling the strike zone. They, they, they drew 30 walks over the weekend against you guys and only gave up eight on the other side of it. So that that is the yeah. definition of of controlling the strike zone, which just getting that much traffic on base just just created enough opportunities. Even though the the Tigers are the worst have the worst uh, average runners in scoring position in the in the majors. So, but when you have that much traffic, eventually something's going to come through. So, yeah, yeah with the finest it. margins, a three one series victory win. Uh, it was much closer than than that actually sounds even. So. I mean, I was, I, I was impressed with, um, <clears throat> like, I, I'm just, I'm trying to understand the Tigers in that I know it's coming down from the front office, from your new GM, that they are to de- control the strike zone. Now, I don't know why any team wouldn't have attempted that in the past, but whatever. <laughs> um, that, that's why I make fun of it, because it's. Of course, everyone tries to tr- control the strike zone, but it's it's the methods that they're, we're not hearing about that actually yes. are getting that done. So, and you have the you have the same coaching staff as last year, and yeah. uh, offensively, somewhat of the same player makeup. So, what I'm what I don't understand is how they suddenly were seeing Dylan Cease good enough on Sunday to not swing at any of his moving pitches out of the zone. And then secondly, this stat's fucking insane. I think they had 21 two-strike foul balls. Yeah, that, that's a big able, part. Want to be able to extend a pitcher and get him out of the fucking game. They and w- frustrate and piss oh him off, God. too. Yeah. 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 And, like, there, there were two pitchers frustrated in, in that series. One was definitely Dylan Cease in that he couldn't – put anyone away in a team that he's used to being able to put away. So you understand his frustration and he actually had 10 a better one in his career. Yeah. And, and I think he was, he was undefeated at Comerica. It was the losses yeah. at home. I believe I could be mistaken there, but I thought that was the case. And then Lucas Giolito was frustrated, but the ump frustrated Lucas Giolito that night with a rule that got unearthed that I wasn't even aware of that the pitcher cannot be engaged to pitch to the batter unless the batter is ready in the box. We saw that earlier this year and I forget who it happened to. Um, it wasn't any of our teams, but there's a, there's a loophole. Damn it. I forget who was, who was using it, but um, where they would actually have one foot in the box and one foot out of the box. And actually it was uh, Kenley Jansen, I think from see what the Braves now. Yeah. They they actually lost a game because he got burned on that twice in the ninth, and it's literally it, he saw the guy in box looking at him, but they had one foot out, and he would start his motion. And they would call a ball on him, and that's what I think that was the, almost the exact same thing that was happening to Giolito. It's, I mean, it's up it's up to every pitcher to know that rule, and I think that's that's going to get uh, exploited as much as possible. It's going to go away as soon as the pitchers just realize what's going on and don't let it happen anymore. But yeah, the, the visible frustration from Giolito was, was palpable, but 
that's the rule i mean it wasn't like a misinterpretation no no i just had never seen it before so i was surprised yeah i don't think you'll ever see giolito fall for that again but he definitely got to i'm surprised he it it burned him more than once actually like maybe he didn't fully understand what was going on or or he was starting to get pissed and let let emotions take over but yeah it was it was definitely odd yeah it's a little tricky because you know you're you're it's the it makes sense though if he's got one foot out of the box he's not engaging he has until the eight second mark to become engaged so yeah it, they're exploiting a little bit of a loophole but it's oh, uh, yeah. it's pretty simple for for pitchers to adjust to it if, well they, pitchers have ex- attention there's there's loopholes a little bit both ways i mean um <clears throat> i don't we never talked about it but you know a few weeks ago um corbin burns knew like they knew that uh, someone was going to steal on the pitch and he literally held the ball to one second and threw over to first and got, and got the guy caught in a rundown Yeah, because the, the, obviously he's going to take off with one second on the clock because the pitcher has to engage, but he, he engaged to the, he disengaged and threw, right. and threw to the first baseman. So, you know, I, I like that. And I also like the, the, uh, I, I just didn't know about that rule until I, I saw right. it, but I like that there are these rules like that that allow, you know, a little bit of uh, stra- strategic playing to come in. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think everyone's just sort of feeling out, trying to push the envelope to the edges of, of these new rules to find out what they can get away with and what they can't. I guess I'm just a little bit surprised this is still being experimented with. You know, we're at the end of April. Tomorrow will be June 1st. I thought we'd see that a lot more in, in April, um, not not in May. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we're still seeing it clearly. But I think we're going to see less of that as everyone's, you know, they're going to figure out those edges. And I think we'll see less and less of those uh, strange, strange calls that kind of turn the momentum of the game. Yeah. You know, what's interesting too is, I don't know if you noticed, but guys who normally like adjusted their back gloves and all that still have more than enough time to do all that shit. So it's not like, like, you know, like, oh, Paul Konerko would have never survived. Yeah, he he would have actually probably just fine. You know, like I I watch it, you know, when you watch it closely, there's some guys who are just like, fuck it. My new regime is my new, my new, the way I'm working routine yeah. thank you not regime <laughs> my new routine is, is you know i'm going to just get in the batter's box and go and be ready to go and yeah. they're trying to control the pitcher in a way too by doing that pitchers will counter and joe kelly does it all the time he will literally stand there on the mound and hold the ball until one second is on the clock you know yeah. before he engages so I, I like the cat and mouse of it all. It's been interesting. Yeah, I like it too. You, you did just bring up Joe Kelly, who had been lights out. Oh my the, God, I was shocked. And the Tigers absolutely <laughs> lit him up two games in a row, which was hard to believe. A little bit controversial that Pedro Grafal brought him in, in in the second game after after being obliterated the game before. So I I didn't I, I always hesitate to criticize managers for their bullpen usage because there's always information we're not privy to, especially when it's a team I'm not following uh, as closely as, as my teams. But I don't know if you had any thoughts. Uh, I know I know it was uh, a topic on Sox Twitter, but. Yeah, well, everything's a topic on fucking Sox Twitter. <laughs> we'll get there, too. We'll get there in a minute, in a little bit. But, uh, you know, Pedro has a philosophy. Um, 
uh, which he brought up earlier this year and it worked in his favor. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez had a really bad outing mm-hmm. and he put him on the mound the next night and he went one, two, three. And his idea is to try to get the pitcher. I, I don't recall the situation exactly. Was it the lower third of your order by any chance or? Gee, boy, I don't remember. Yeah, now, but, but he tends to try to bring them out when it's like more like a seven, eight, nine situation. That's the thing. There's so many variables to it other yeah. than just, just looking at the results. Well, why the fuck did you do that? They lost yeah. the game again. So it's so, just easy. It's easy to play those results. Yeah, no, no. And he may, I, I don't, like I said, I, I can't recall the situation, yeah. but I think it's he likes possible. to get them right back out there again get the confidence right back up. So yeah. when he's needed again in a key leverage situation, but the game was close. So it was still a key leverage situation. No matter, yeah. you can't just dismiss the seven, eight and nine hitters. They are on a major league roster folks. So, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And all the managers out there listening. Cause I know you guys all tune in. <laughs> I, we, we've seen this podcast change lineups before. <laughs> yes. The power of the a-holes, but yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't, disagree with his um method there but again if it then you can really shatter confidence there's a backfire to it like we saw like i i don't think i think joe kelly's he's a veteran he'll, long enough he's yeah, fine he'll get but, over it and also getting the hell out of detroit to probably help him as well so yeah yeah so but i you know what the having like the the sort of lopsided games to open it up and then i you know, we had said, I had said in a serious manner, you know, it was going to be a split. I, we both agreed, actually, it was going to be yeah. a 2 2 split. So, and it was almost that, but it was very close. Split. Yeah. So, I'm interested to see what happens this weekend uh, back at uh, the rate. Yeah. Detroit visits Chicago right away this weekend. So, that, yeah, you might be able to get your revenge rather quickly. We'll, we'll see, especially, especially with our depleted both front end of the rotation and our best offensive player. Yeah. I mean, Great. if it goes, if it goes the way the, the KC trip went, we were went one in three in KC and then swept them at home. I'm not saying we're going to sweep you guys. Your but... record is significantly better at home yet. You're still, oh, it is. you're still that below is. 500 at home. By a game. Yes. Yes. By or is it two games now after this afternoon? Oh yeah. Two games after this afternoon. You're right. Yeah. Sorry, after but... this afternoon drubbing of 12 to five. Hey, you're, thanks, you're blocking Lance your Lance. microphone with oh, your hands. Thanks, Lance Lynn, for that uh, great performance this afternoon in a 12-5 to 5 beating. Yeah, I just picked him up in our fantasy league. So, yeah, thanks, Lance. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I would. I'm I would, sure why I did that. but I mean, are we transitioning into the White Sox fully now, or do you have any Detroit closing remarks? I'm sure I'll throw something in here and there, but, yeah, you can go ahead with your White Sox. So, um before before we get into probably the the biggest news of of the week for the White Sox, I do want to talk about Lance Lynn for a second. And you know, obviously, uh, anyone will tell you. You ask any team, what they'll tell you. We need we need pitchers, right? If manager, what do you want at the All Star break? You want pitchers, but yeah. I think the White Sox really need to consider. <laughs> it's going to sound crazy, but like going some different route that doesn't involve Lance Lynn Lance Lynn as a starter. It's, it's too unpredictable. Um, and good hitters, Jose Ramirez is Mike Trout's Shoei Otani's. They all hit home runs off of them. He doesn't have 
The he definitely stop. got trouted and Otani today. I think yes. Trout had one, Otani had two blasts. Uh, yeah. I didn't see the final box score, but and he just doesn't have and it started last year. Like I never like pitch around Jose Ramirez. He owns you. He never would. I was at two games where they lost because he was pitching to Jose Ramirez in like the mm. sixth and seventh inning of games he was still in instead of working around him. And you know, I love the bulldog attitude. I love Lanson. I love his attitude. I think he's a charismatic guy, but he's a slapdick motherfucker. How can he's you a, not? Yeah, him? right. But maybe he's a slapdick motherfucker in the bullpen or something. Uh, <laughs> like they they need uh they need a, another quality starter in there. Um, you know, think thankfully Clevenger will be back soon, but um, wow. Yeah, I mean, never thought not, you'd be saying that. But he's had he's had a, a very solid year for us. So, well, Lance obviously got off to a horrific start. He had turned around for three or four starts in a row until today, including the one game he won in Detroit. He was he was great. So that's why I was kind of I thought he had turned a corner. Maybe you know he was just getting used to the the pitch clock, getting back in shape, so to speak. Yeah, <laughs> he had some salads. Yeah, um, uh, but yeah, that was clearly not the case today. Yeah, I wonder how many of his turnarounds were when we started playing the AL Central. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the other thing. I mean, that's the that's you know, when I I was looking at splits today for our teams and literally <laughs> like like all of our winning records except you, you could you you the the Tigers are 2 and 0 against um the Giants this year, but like all of our winning records are against our own division. Yeah, uh, Tigers are eleven and five against the National League, so that's where they've got. Yeah, that that's another stuff. one. Yeah, but yeah, certainly not against the the AL East. I don't remember. So what I, it was against the West, but um, I'm thinking, like looking at the AL Central for a quick second, like it's going to be whatever team can actually win some games outside the division <laughs> at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Because well, there's so many more games being played outside of the division this year. We're going yeah. from, I think there's only 52, 54 games in the division this year. So there's over a hundred outside, which was not the case until now. So yeah, that's gonna that's gonna reshape things dramatically as well. Yeah, it's something I talked about right at the beginning of the year that any team that was built to win its division was gonna be in trouble. Because they had to win, in order to win their division, they had to win outside of their division. So we'll see how that plays out. But there's always a little bit of good news within all the bullshit that is known as the Chicago White Sox. And Liam Hendricks made his triumphant Uh, return to the mound on uh, what that was. I think it was Monday night. Monday night. Um, I'm all screwed up with the day off from work and what day it is. It's confusing. Plus the Tiger um, Tigers White Sox was a four game series that, yeah, but then exactly. the weekend kept going. So it was just yeah, it was very strange. Don't but blame he, yourself. He came back on Monday. Uh, he had the he got the full uh, treatment. The lights off, flashing. We will rock you. Mix with Rage Against the Machine that he comes wow. into. It's aggressive. <laughs> um, and you know he had an okay outing. I mean. One of the one of the hits uh, that led to a run probably had an exit velocity of about sixty miles an hour, so it was a bloop into no man's land. 
Um, you know, it was a, obviously a very emotional day for him. Yeah. And just seeing him back out on the mound was, was amazing uh, to me at, at how quickly it, it happened. Was that was that the save situation in the ninth? Is that where they put him? No, in? no, he came in in. Uh, it wasn't a save situation. The Sox were losing by one at that point. Okay, okay. He so, let up two runs in the eighth. I see. Um, I was thinking it'd be kind of odd to just to throw him into the yeah. highest of leverage situations. Yeah. So that yeah. makes a little more sense. You know, he could really only, which is common when someone hasn't played a lot, he could locate his fastball pretty fine. But you know, slider was a little bit non-competitive but you know he he was he was actually a a a a bloop single hit a little harder and tim anderson keeping a ball in his glove that was an amazing like how high tim anderson can leap uh play a way of not allowing a run in that game so i mean i'll take it i think he's a boost i think he's a boost to the energy of the team in general um yeah and he's a a welcome site for the for the bullpen so you know we'll we'll see how it plays out he he may not be like full capacity like 98 miles an hour for you know another like three weeks or so but i would think it would take a couple weeks but yeah he was up two more miles per hour in 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 his game 96 than he was in his last spring training game which is 94 so it's a good sign. I mean, it's it's great to have him back. It was it was. Um, I didn't care what the results were going to be. I just thought it was great to see him out on the mound. It would have been cool to just see him go one, two, three, and oh couple, yeah, would have returning yeah. hero. But it, I mean, it's not it's not like it ruined the story necessarily that he wasn't he wasn't top of his game because it's pretty understandable considering everything he's been through. So just great to see him back on the field. That was like the best story of. Of baseball this weekend i'd say yeah but it, you know what you know what smitty though it wasn't good enough for white Sox twitter nope oh nope, sure wasn't and we're gonna unearth a uh socks type thing segment called the tweet bag and I, i'm gonna go into it what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things i have ever heard what in god's holy name are you blathering about everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Mercy. Some of the stuff was I'm not I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to read anything verbatim, but I'm going to summarize. There's a whole group of White Sox Twitter that decided that they should be down on Liam Hendricks because of his poor performance and <laughs> how he had no business pitching in that ball game. He's not ready to be back. What are the White Sox doing? This is the worst organization in baseball. Liam, get off the field. Oh, boy. Like, you remember my rant from a few weeks ago? Seriously. I do. Most miserable group of fucking fans on the planet. I shouldn't say everyone. I mean, that's... But there's there's a large contingency that is can't enjoy anything i don't even know if they enjoy wins anymore mm. like like being a lifelong Sox fan and even when they're having a bad season when they win the game i'm happy i'm in a good mood even if it means nothing in the grand scheme of things it puts me in a good mood 
good enough for you to put on a White Sox basketball jersey today. That's right, episode. baby. I'm trying. It's, it's all going. This is a sweep of Detroit this weekend because of this jersey. Everyone not, in not really. YouTube and Facebook will be regaled by your your outfit. Is it's, it's, yeah. it's something, folks. If you're just listening to the podcast, you should check this, check out YouTube, or maybe or maybe you shouldn't. Maybe I should be, <laughs> maybe um, we warning will. you not to check out the video portion. This is how we get canceled. Me wearing this jersey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, potentially. So I just but wanted yeah. to call out, as I did a few weeks ago, White Sox Twitter and and White Sox fans who can't appreciate what Liam Hendricks has gone through and and what it meant for him to be on the mound that night to just fucking go away go be a cub it just proves hey (laughs) it just proves that you know twitter is a cesspool and white Sox twitter Mm. is is subject as as sussy as it gets (laughs) yeah i don't i don't know how to quantify that but i think in general i think i think all all of us have toxic the portions of everyone's fan base that are toxic that is certainly an example of a toxic Twitter Twitterverse for your I mean, White Sox. Yeah, that is. If you can't celebrate the return of Liam Hendricks, despite the results, I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do either. But there's more. There's good news. There's more. Let's let's get the vibes up again. Eloy Jimenez returned. I know Smitty was holy very shit. Worried. Smitty was worried about in, it. I'm in. Right, I'm worried he's in right field every day, but apparently that's Eugene. working out for now. He, uh, he, I, I can answer that in a, to a degree in that now I find this funny that all the, uh, all through his life and other organizations he was with, well, only one other organization, but all through minor leagues with the White Sox too, through the minor leagues of two systems through, I'm assuming when he was younger, he played all over the place, but he says, I just see the ball better and right. It's, it's more natural for me. And he, he has putting him in left not, he's not i know right like he hasn't done anything like bonehead wise yet he does but, actually look much more comfortable you can you yes. can see it he doesn't he doesn't look like a disaster every time he's going no. after a ball right so there, there's like how we how how, how, are, how could nobody not how could nobody <laughs> notice that until just now like what the fuck have, have all these organizations been doing cubs included yeah. i mean yeah, he's been a left fielder know. since the minors with the Cubs, the minors with the Sox, and it's like, oh. <laughs> I don't know, I like right better. I see the ball better off the bat. Okay. Has he cool, not communicated dude. that? Maybe that's on Eloy. He, he stopped could be. me the fuck out here. Let me be in right, know. and I'll be fine. It's more fun to make fun of the team for being idiots. I mean, look at their record. Maybe I'll go with the team in this case. <laughs> yeah. Um, the evidence is piling up. But – Eloy did not skip a fucking beat. He extended his hitting streak streak today, going one for five. That's a twelve game hitting streak extending from the injury. Oh and wow! His first and his first four games back, he has hit safely in all of them, nice, including a home run in the bottom of the ninth of the Angels game that would have been tied up if uh, Liam had had a clean inning. So that was a uh, oh on Monday. Okay. Yeah, that that uh, that was that that was that's where it hurt a little bit, but uh, good to see him back. The lineup is definitely different with him in it, especially when he is making solid contact and getting on base. But um, yeah, I, I mean, for the White Sox, I don't know. 
we're gonna we're gonna get to what they should do in in a, a couple of points when we get to some sexual harassment. But um, two things I wanted to touch upon before that quickly. We have an Elvis situation developing. Mm. We have the surgeons of the much praised in the minor leagues, Romy Gonzalez on the White Sox. We're going to get to Romy in a bit when he gets our badass of the week. But And we have Elvis Andrews coming off of the IL. Mm. What are the Sox to do? That's interesting. It's a very sticky situation. I want to say you part ways with Elvis or make him just a backup. I forget what, what kind of deal did you sign with him? And it's a one year deal. Just two weeks before the season started. Yeah. 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 He wanted, he wanted to play. I mean, he, he's been, he's been fine glove wise and he's a great backup when Timmy doesn't play and shit, maybe he should be the starting shortstop at this point. But uh, <laughs> um, his bat is just not there as we talked about preseason like what did you really expect from him and my quote was i think something not what he did at the end of the season last year and it would be impossible i mean yeah. that was one of the best stretches of his career or at least yeah. his recent career what he did so at the end of last season so but it's interesting the Sox are gonna have a decision to make on who gets sent down and you cannot as we're gonna talk about in a little bit send romy gonzalez back down so one interesting tidbit popped up on the wire that came into my feed. Uh, Jerry Reinstorf uh, appears to be making his move to take the White Sox and possibly the Bulls, I'm assuming, into their own sports network in 2024. Yeah, this this showed up in my feed as well. I, I think it would also include the Blackhawks, potentially, uh, sort of like as a replacement for NBC Sports Chicago as far as the way I read it, but yeah, I I'm just, I'm just, so the contract for NBC sports Chicago is up in 2024. So I'm assuming that, uh, and just let me back up a minute. Reinstorf took over a controlling share of stadium sports network. So that basically gives him a already established, um, broadcaster, that would allow them probably the ownerships. So him and Rocky Wirtz to create their own sports network where they could get all of the money. What I read is he was part, part founder of it. He just didn't have a controlling interest until, until this week. So he's maneuvered, maneuvered that where he can do whatever the fuck he wants with it now. So yeah, that's very interesting. The timing of that for a couple of reasons, considering he's 87 years old. Is he 88 yet? Um, yeah, whatever. And uh, still, still doing business. He's certainly not retired or sitting on his couch someplace. Um, he, he's Although we to, wish, he's he's looking to the future. But this comes on the heels of even yesterday, uh, the announcement that the San Diego Padres specifically are no longer their games are no longer being covered by Bally Sports, who their parent company uh, owns most of baseball's regional sports networks across the country. Uh, That doesn't affect Chicago at all, but the uh, Detroit's one of the teams that are, that they're all their games are broadcast on Valley sports, but their parent company is in bankruptcy. And the first team we've seen actually uh, have games 
not being broadcast was after I think Tuesday Tuesday night. So today would have been the first day. Of course, my, my, uh, MLB stepped in and is taking over production. So the, essentially, there's no no difference. They're gonna just hire all the same on camera crew that Padres fans would be would be used to. But you can now get uh, San Diego fans can now get even in market. They can subscribe to the MLB TV for twenty bucks a month and get typically blacked out games locally. They will now be not blacked out. So. I, I see I see what Jerry's doing kind of in a larger context as it looks like the largest entity that has been responsible for all these blackout restrictions that are just have been ridiculous over the years. Right. People can't stream their game their own games in their local markets. Uh but that's kind of crumbling because that's just those RSNs have been controlling that. They they want to force you to pay for cable sc- subscriptions and not not stream. And I think Jerry is, is being very shrewd by making this move right now. It's just unbelievable that it's happening the same week where the Padres are actually just got their broadcasting taken over by Major League Baseball. Um, there's going to be there's I think there are 13 teams that are going to be affected eventually. Right now, it looks like the Guardians are one of those that could potentially get uh, get pulled in by Major League Baseball as essentially the the parent company of Bally's is just not making their payments to the, to the major league teams for their, for their rights. So good Lord, yeah, it's, it's a huge legal fiasco, but um, so I think that that might inform this, this news that you're hearing about, about stadium uh, here in, there in Chicago. It's uh, the parent company is called diamond sports group, but they're, they're also involved with Sinclair which we've brought up many times because they're a part of, they have an ownership stake in the marquee network. So I think we might be hearing similar news where the Cubs buy out the controlling interest or maybe all of the interest in marquee network in a similar manner where everyone's going to have their own uh, rights to broadcast and not be beholden to any, any larger cable entity. Right. So I just stepped all over your your sub your no, your segment there, no, but I thought no, that, that was I thought that was no, relevant at least. No, that's... Yeah, Jesus <laughs> Christ, I'm leaving. Thank Kidding. you. Kidding, but yeah, um, you said it all, and I, I think you know this is also on the heels of Disney announcing that ESPN is beginning to look at moving to a subscription based service for ESPN, which oh, one hundred percent yeah, one hundred percent. I have ESPN Plus, but I cannot view ESPN without logging in through Robin's DirecTV subscription. Oh my god! So yeah, yeah. So 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 that 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 that'll that'll be the biggest blow that cable providers and satellite providers will hit will get because once that happens, that that's the network that's keeping people in cable subscription. Yeah, yeah. I think. What what's going to happen is there's good news and bad news. I think we're going to have a million subscriptions to be able to watch all the games. Around. Hopefully, <laughs> right. hopefully MLB TV at least can can be a unifier where you can see all the games with zero blackout restrictions, and that, that that's the good news of it. It the only bur- the only barrier to us uh, having blackout restrictions removed is are those RSNs and the cable companies. Yep. So as these continue to fail those barriers are going to be released in baseball. Immediately baseball as dumb as they have been in their times. And I even saw people tweeting this today, smart people. I was kind of surprised. Um, 
didn't fully understand the ramifications. They're they're making fun of MLB that this uh, that the Padres were no longer on their RSN as of today. Well, that's not MLB. MLB is all for this. They're they're, want, they're ready to swoop in, take those rights back, and then be able. They're not interested in having blackouts for anybody. They want they do want people to watch their games. Believe it or not, it's it's yes. the RSNs that have been the the hurdle in that. For, for the reasons I pointed out before. So I think this is good news. Uh, unfortunately, it's going to mean we're just have more and more different subscriptions uh, in general, but at least it gives you the power to have to pay for what you want, the content that you're actually looking for, looking, looking for. Yeah. I mean, if, if ESPN goes subscription, there'll be no need. Robin will definitely probably cancel the direct TV subscription. And we were literally, watch like oh well the socks have to go somewhere too but well that's so the thing that, i think you can just go year. to stadiumnetwork.com and buy yeah. buy your annual subscription and then so there you go. If, if that happens i'm gonna basically subscribe to like five channels and yeah. save a shit ton of money you'll have disney plus and that that covers yeah. that and yeah and specific baseball so that that's all i, I literally yeah. I, i'm trying to think of me like i i definitely would have the mlb package um I would subscribe. I don't even watch that much ESPN. So I don't know how much that would affect me other than the national games, which if baseball was smart, they would wrap those into the MLB TV subscription as well. So yeah. the, the unfortunate part of all of this is we can kind of see it, what, what potentially should could or should happen. I think we're still, it's still going to play out over years as lawsuits will drag on. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to, we're years, we're two Probably I'd say three, two, three, yeah. Three, uh, but I am still shocked that you know this this broke this week that, that the Padres games are, are no longer on their RSN. They're with MLB now, so that I didn't anticipate. All right, so one last thing to talk about that uh, I think you'll enjoy. Uh, one of our, I think you have a little. Flat. Is this a little sexual harassment? Ozzy Dean on the line here on WCR with Bob Brunley, Mike North, Fred Humner, Annie Man. How you doing, Ozzy? Oh, shut that fuck up. And ball hit high and deep. Way back. Way back. And he not quite out of here. Dad, get it. The mire to mediocrity. Tell me about when you were being interviewed for the potential White Sox manager's job. I was drunk. You gotta be clean. That's right. One of our flagship segments, sexual harassment. And good news, everyone. Rick Hahn is alive and he <laughs> met with the press. I was worried there um, for a minute. You know, he did his uncomfortable drinking of water as he always does in weird moments. And he just, yes, exactly, Smitty. He like, he like goes and sometimes makes like a, and then begins <laughs> to answer the question. It's, it's a bizarre usage, but it's, it's what we love about Rick. One of the one and only things at this point, but um, he, they asked him, a reporter asked him specifically about like where, what are you going to do with this team? Basically like where, where, what's your point? It's Memorial day. That's a, that's a key time where you start discussing what direction the team is going. And I would say probably in true white Sox fashion, this is how Rick Hahn responded. Hmm. Sitting here Memorial day, the first two months have not been up to the level that we wanted it to be. Really? Yeah. We get that. It's not acceptable. 
could that one day lead to changes over the course of the season? Absolutely. Then he went on to add, but for now, this is a group that is now hopefully coming together as a full unit and we'll see how it performs over the next several weeks before we have to make that decision. And then he went on to say, which I don't have down here, but he did say he's like July 4th will be the next, the next check-in. So he's he's like it's only major holidays. holidays. Yeah. Yeah, he's on the holiday check-in schedule. I was thinking it might be a little bit sooner than that. Possibly Flag Day on June 14th, which you could potentially Ooh. call White Flag Day. Oh! oh. <laughs> like what Maybe I did there? Juneteenth, too, is coming up right on the heels of that. So it's like, true, you yeah. Know, there's, there's lots there's of holidays in holidays June. In between, dude. You never know when the White Sox fate could be decided. Yeah, and, and you know, he'll get out his... Uh, I don't know what I was going to say. Anyway, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. I mean, here's my thoughts. I'm fine with saying till July 4th, but like, if it truly comes that, you know, they, they're, they're going to have a winning, they have a winning May 17 and 12, 17 and 12, excuse me, <laughs> 17 and 12 is their May. So they, they did, they did play better in May. Mm. It's the seven and 22, to start the season, that is such a it's such a huge hole. They're like the exact opposite. the The Rays were twenty two and seven yeah. in in April, so um, it's such a huge hole to climb out of that you wonder if even if they play, you know, even if they play five games above five hundred again, How they're much, still five games under. That's a great point. How much is going to change between now and July fourth? We're thirty four days from that. Yeah. How many games? Another 30 games. So, I mean, the, the only way it like changes is if you play 15 games above 500 for the month. And that seems unlikely because they got to go play the fucking Yankees coming up. And it's not like it's uh, it's not like they're, they're, they're going to be inundated in the AL central for the next month. They're going to come out of that and start playing more teams outside of the division again in June. So I don't know. It is what it is. AL Central will unfortunately, and I say that, I really mean that, unfortunately, while while it's it's fun in a way like your team's not out of it, but in a way, it may keep things together longer than they should be. That's a great point. It's almost like it's fool's gold. Like you keep you keep yeah. reaching for this and it but it's bullshit at the end. Meanwhile, you've wasted an opportunity where you could po- possibly trade away some expiring assets to make your team better in the future. It seems yeah. like, yeah, or, to, to or, Rick's point, he, he doesn't have to do that today. Those, those no. decisions can be made at a later date. He didn't, it was odd that he was July 4th as the next milestone, but <laughs> the other, the other thing he could be looking at is even if the Sox, you know, continue on this moderate, modestly positive pace that they've, they've done the last month, maybe the twins collapse and fall, fall back into their lap uh, again that would mean, you know, they're in the division race and potentially even winning the division, but that could still be fool's gold as I don't see the winner of the AL Central, no matter who it is, doing any damage in, in the playoffs as they've exactly. proven, to be, proven to be inferior to almost every other division. That, that's why maybe he did. Maybe July 4th was, if you look at it, June is basically outside the division. Maybe that's why he did say July 4th. Yeah. Because right now... 
they they've been playing better, but it's mostly been within the division. So now I'm sure he's got a copy gonna, of the schedule, so I wouldn't be surprised. It doesn't mean he's read it. Smith. Doesn't mean he's read it. <laughs> I wonder what he does all day. What's he oh, doing God. up there? <laughs> what are you doing, Rick? <laughs> but on that note, I think we've really talked about the light socks way too long. I did not expect for that to go on that long. No, that's so good. I apologize. Um, I hope you feel better. That, that worked out. Eh. Not really. You don't look like it, but no. Well, that moves us to the north side of Chicago, where I'm not sure how much better anyone feels at this point. What a what a bizarre time it's been since we last came to you. I think we recorded last Wednesday night. Subsequently, the Cubs got blown out essentially in a series against a very mediocre Cincinnati Reds team at home. Uh, Game one was a nine nothing drubbing. Games two and three were very similar. Eight to five losses with a bullpen, much maligned bullpen that we've discussed ad nauseum. Could not hold it together. Just an embarrassing show where you'd think that would be the time for the Cubs to get right against a mediocre team at home in a desperate time where they need to get right, especially with the Rays coming into town and then going on a 10-game West Coast road trip. What happened was very, very different from there that I don't think anyone could have expected as the Cubs actually beat the Rays two games to one in the the subsequent series, all one-run games, very competitive, with the best team in baseball, hands down, the best record in baseball. So I don't think anyone saw that coming. One of the the premier performances we'll get to in in Badass of the Week discussions. Yeah was Marcus Stroman, complete game shutout of, of the Rays, which I don't think anyone saw coming. Uh, that was paramount to at least saving this week. We'll see how long it saves saves the Cubs season, but massive victory there, followed up by Kyle Hendricks' return, uh, solid outing, and and got the victory with a, with a, a pretty damn good bullpen usage and uh, performance. Today's game... Uh, was uh, really fun back and forth, uh, but that fun was quickly subsided by the news that Justin Steele, the Cubs' best pitcher by far, even with the performance of of Marcus Stroman, I'd say, uh, had to leave the game early with forearm tightness. Yeah. Now, as, well, that that that's the Carlos Rodon injury right yeah, there. As I mentioned earlier, A four pulley ligament rupture. Uh, I don't think we've <laughs> ever heard of with Eduardo Rodriguez, but we've all heard about forearm tightness and we've all heard what that typically leads to. Of course, there'll be MRIs tonight, probably as we're speaking. Uh, so there's no definitive news. I think we'll know more tomorrow. The Cubs are of course downplaying it. They said it was just an abundance of caution. Um, but Jesus Christ, when you, when you see a guy have to leave the game early, he's had Tommy John before as most major league pitchers have at some point in their lives, which is just astounding, but it just, it just proves how unnatural it is for a hum, the human body to hurl a baseball at hundred yeah. plus miles an hour. What, what that does uh, just is not meant meant for the weakest, weakest link. And that's usually the Tommy John ner- uh, ligament. So just, just bummer of real bummer of news there. Just when, you know, after, Playing a really competitive series against the best team in baseball. It's just unbelievable that, that that's how it turned out. So, I mean, I was shocked 
I wasn't shocked by Marcus Stroman's pitching performance. And I wasn't shocked that they were one run games, but just like they were able to hold on and, and everything. Cause the bullpen tra- was, was, was pretty damn good. The whole series. That's what I was su- surprised by. Yeah. I mean, they're 11 and 18. I mean, 10 and 18 in, in the month of May. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is like the disturbing trend. So in they've played 28 games in May and have scored 99 runs. Oh, uh, <laughs> Actually, this doesn't include today's game. So they played twenty three today. Games. So yeah. Okay, so one hundred and two, and they let up four. Yeah. And they've allowed one hundred and forty. That, that, that doesn't April, work too well. No, but but in April, with a five hundred record of thirteen and thirteen, so that's one. That's two less games than they played. They scored one hundred and forty two runs, and allowed one hundred and three. But that goes back to the conversation. That's we, interesting. We so had, they well, essentially, they a lot of that's due to injuries. I would say. I mean, we they've been missing Cody Bellinger for close. It's going to be a month. It sounds like it sounded like at first he wasn't even going to go on the on the IL. Now it's a couple more weeks as he's been on. We got Nico Horner back after a few weeks off. So yeah, I I, I see where you're going there, but. Yeah, I think the schedule changed too for them. It did, so. but yeah, they were essentially the worst team in in the National League in the month of month of May. So the weird news uh, didn't stop there. As I've got, I've actually got some shit we couldn't make up. Oh, you guys like to tell jokes and giggle and kid around, huh? What have we got here? A fucking comedian <laughs> for a turkey cemetery. Come out to the coast. We get together, have a few laughs. Whoa. Uh, the Cubs this weekend released a, a much uh, anticipated giveaway to the fans at Wrigley Field, a Billy Williams bobblehead. Okay. And somehow no one in the Cubs organization realized that that said bobblehead had the wrong number on the back. No. I, I can tell you from experience. I've been in minor league baseball for approaching 15 years. I have been involved in the production of many a bobblehead too, too many to count. I can tell you as the graphic designer, uh, the first thing I would check is the number on the back of the bobblehead. <laughs> Typically I'm you're a bobblehead connoisseur. I think you've got I am, quite, I am. Quite your oh, own oh. collection. I've got some over here in the corner as well. Uh, typically bobbleheads. Uh, my complaint is usually they don't look that much like the player. So the best way to identify said bobblehead is with the, the the name on the back and certainly the number. Number is is pretty important, I think. Somehow the Cubs lost this throughout the process, and it's it's astounding when you think about how many people had to miss this before it was actually given away to fans. Uh, first of all, the production production uh, the initial designs, uh, any kind of proofreading was happening at that point with. Typically, these are made in China, but you get proofs. You're sent photos uh, of every angle conceivable. Uh, you, there's plenty of people that can look at this and make sure the number is right. But I think what happened is the number one is kind of a default, like a like the default template for for the body of the bobblehead, and then the the numbers, the actual numbers added later. Uh, number one was the the 
bobblehead that was given away. Obviously, that's nowhere close to number 26, the famous <laughs> number 26 of Billy Williams that has actually been retired by the Cubs. Uh, he is a Hall of Famer, so he's hardly a, an unknown, uh, obscure, tough-to-find tough photo where you could confirm what, what number he actually was. He was Lando Calrissian in Star Wars. Okay. Uh, different Billy Williams. but Oh, um, oh that's Billy D. Williams. That's yes. uh, but the, the idea that this got past those first barriers was even delivered to the Cubs, which I know, at least in a minor league organization, you know, the staff usually gets first dibs on the extras that are created. And a lot of them put them in their offices or whatever. People are looking at them, you know, checking them out. They took them out of the boxes, I guess is, is my point. Um, but not even at that point did, did anyone notice that it was the wrong number on the back of all 10,000 of these bobbleheads. Do, do you think they're just saying Billy Williams is number one in their hearts? Yeah, I mean, maybe that's what they're hoping to get away with. I think it just seems like if they had noticed it, they would have announced before, you know what, there's an error, or they would have inserted a certificate within the bobblehead box saying, you know what? We screwed up, but you, we will redo these, bring the certificate in the, and the current bobblehead. We will replace it uh, at a later date. But that, that was not announced until after the bobbleheads been given, given away. Uh, and apparently it came, finally came to their attention by irate fans telling them this is fucked up. What are you, what are you doing? Uh, the announcement was made later that evening and how they, sh- they were apologizing and it should have never happened. Uh, <laughs> I would agree with that. I'm just, I'm just astounded. I cannot figure out how it could have possibly happened. How it could have, I can see how the error could possibly be made, but how it could be given out to fans without anyone in, in the front office anywhere noticing it. It's, it's astounding. Um, What's even worse folks is they actually used as Smitty pointed out, like bobbleheads never really look like the player. They use leftover Sammy Sosa heads <laughs> that's, that's that, were, that were canceled from a, from a, 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 a bobblehead promotion due to Sammy's uh, unceremonious uh, leaving of the organization. <laughs> okay. Uh, 15, 20 years ago. <laughs> yes. They had them left over. Yeah. <laughs> They're sitting in a crate someplace. Get those Sosa heads out. Yeah, they make so this guy number one. It's I don't I, again. I don't really. Count, I can't comprehend what happened. Obviously, it's not the biggest deal. It's just a. It's just a weird, embarrassing Pretty moment. Funny. Yeah, yeah it's it, it was definitely some shit I couldn't make up. Oh, indeed, I didn't hear about that. That is that is fucking marketing department at its finest, right wow. there. Man. Yeah, Fumbleaya. Well, I think we should move away from this subject as fast as possible. And off to the West Coast to talk about your first place in the A-hole standings, San Francisco Giants. Next question. Next question, because it was stupid. He hits it high. He hits it deep. It is out of here. Sorry, uh, Papa's feeling pretty uh, delicious right now. Going to step into the box and go three for four. Eight RBIs. Gahim. And again, we sent the notes out earlier today on the outline. And again, we jinxed the Giants. I said, the Giants are over 500. Now, Uh, last week, they fell to a game below 500. But tonight, I can say they did lose to 
the Pirates, where they won two out of three, but they are 500. They're See, at least you at- could have just not mentioned any of our notes, pre-show notes. No one would have ever known. You could have just said, "Hey, the Giants are 500." You could have taken well, the positive. Spin. I think I think we're we're the cause of it. Uh, the loss <laughs> today. I'm adding. I, I'm I'm now believing in jinxes, even though I've I've oh boy. stood pat that they don't exist. I believe we jinxed the Giants. No, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, it was funny. It is funny that it happened two weeks in a row. That's why I brought it up. Um, everything's looking pretty darn good for these giants, 17 and 13 in May. Um, you know, similar to what we were just talking about with the Cubs, they've flipped it in May where they've reduced the runs. Um, by 38 that they've allowed in the, in the month of May, they've upped their production offensively. Everything is trending in the right direction. And to be quite honest, this is the NL West is, is theirs along with the diamondbacks and the Dodgers to win. The Padres continue to be the great anomaly on sort of reminiscent on some of some of those uh, Yankees teams where you put all this talent together on a team and they couldn't mesh and just could not produce winning baseball on a consistent basis. Yeah. They're five games under 500. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, uh, it's, I look at the Tampa Bay Rays and then you look at the San Diego Padres and it's almost like David and Goliath in a way, Mm. you know, in, in how the roster construction is done. And yeah, Padres just keep throwing money at it and it's not working. So it's getting worse. Yeah. It's, it's left, you know, it's left the division wide open. Uh, the Dodgers have had uh, injury problems with their pitching staff um, and, and some position players now. So it, it could be a lot more interesting than I thought it was going to be in the NLS this season. Um, I've been watching giants games. They've, they've been fun to watch. Conforto, you know, that's that's an interesting one because I watched Conforto and I'm like, oh, he could have been on either one of my teams, you know, there. Um, mm. But he is he is performing at a high level. Uh, Mike Yastrzemski continues to hit. Like, it wasn't like a weird anomaly season for that guy. So, I don't know. Uh, it's it's ex- it. It's fun to be excited about a team that is does not have a losing record. Yeah, I and, think that's been our theme all season. We brought it up with different teams, all five of our teams, except for of course the A's. But you know, just just finding reasons to be entertained at least, even though we know all the teams are very mediocre. Uh, to get to five hundred is a is a massive milestone for any of our teams. So yeah. It's, it's just, <laughs> But just to have entertaining games is, is the low bar you and I are saying. Yes, just we, to, we something to keep our that. attention throughout the summer. Um, they, they'll get a measurement, though. They get to play the Orioles. They host the Orioles this weekend. So we'll, we'll see. That'll be a good measuring stick. The Orioles are an offensive juggernaut, and they have solid pitching. I mean, they've pretty much played great baseball since, what do you say, like August, July, mid, July, mid-July, have all-star break on from last year, pretty much. Yeah, like they, so. they, They've played well over 500 since that, since that point. So, um, yeah, it'll be, it should be a fun series. Uh, we'll, we'll see uh, 
how how much damage the Orioles can do in the cavernous ballpark of um, of uh, San Francisco, except for one area, and that is McCovey Cove and the Splash Zone, which mm. history was made this past week. I don't know if you heard. Oh this. yes, I did not. It's the con- dramatic conclusion of our who will hit number 100. No, not that. Damn it. It is, it is the double splash, which has only been accomplished by one player in Major League Baseball here history. That's Barry Bonds. He has hit two balls in one game into McCovey Cove. He's the only player to ever do it. He did it twice. Once in 2000, once in 2002. Unfortunately, in this broadcast, uh, in this uh, podcast, this isn't a Giants player we get to talk about. No, we get to talk about the legendary pirate Jack Sawinski. I never heard of him, but he, (laughs) in a 14 to 3 drubbing or 14 to 4 drubbing by the Giants, he was the one highlight by sending not one but two balls into McCovey Cove in that wow. embarrassing loss they had to the Giants this week. But um, it's interesting that he's a pirate since, you know, we got six degrees of separation. Barry Bond started out his career with the Pirates. So, you oh, know. I thought you were going to say got- he hit it into the water in the, in the high <laughs> seas. <laughs> and and Iron Matey, I've got the ball. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> no, um, but it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting that it's Bond's ex team to, uh, you know, a member of the ex team to. I did not that. put that together. So, I did not, yeah, yeah, so um, well yeah, I I think the hundred splash has happened. I think we just missed. it. I think we just totally missed it. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure we totally did. missed it. Yeah, that happened a few yeah. weeks ago. I'm sure. Well, so, we're but clearly that, amateurs, so I'm not too surprised. So, just another example of how amateurish we are with this. But everyone listening out there, I think there's a very good chance that this entire podcast, when we meet again next week, will be under 500 again. So, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, here's I to, would bet on it. Here's to a great season of baseball. <laughs> well, I'm going to briefly move across the bay to my fucking A's. I mean, he's the kind of guy who walks into a room, his dick has already been there for two minutes. Today... I'm the greatest of all time. Thank you. Holy Toledo! I'm just saying, girlfriend is a six at best. Fucking A. Exciting news this week. Exciting news. Best news. They won two games. Oh, they actually won two games since we last since we last came to you. Uh, So now they are on pace to win 33 games this year. And lose 129. <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, congratulations, A's. But no, you're, you're right. The, the real news that everyone's been talking about. Renderings. Renderings, the they exist. Released some renderings of their potential stadium in Las Vegas. People love renderings. I, I love renderings as a graphic designer. But I think everybody loves renderings. See what the future stadiums look like. They always look fucking incredible. Sometimes they don't quite live up to that. Uh, <laughs> The, the actual rendering, I think I think of the Rangers' new stadium, actually. Oh, God, yeah. Looked Jesus. incredible. It was all glass roof, glass everything. 
ended up looking like a, like an aluminum tool shed now. But yep. Congrats, Rangers. Um, <laughs> the A's are excellent at releasing renderings. This is the the, la- the final, or at least the latest in a series of renderings we've seen, uh, mostly in Oakland. The last of which were at Howard Terminal in the East Bay uh, near Oakland. Uh, somehow I don't believe these will be the last uh, there's they've been uh, really good at releasing these renderings of their new stadiums but they haven't been really good at closing any deals as we've seen for 20 plus years as again we're still looking for for a final resting place for the current Oakland A's these renderings were released as part of a public presentation to Nevada lawmakers uh, to the first time that the A's were actually making their formal proposal uh, for this new stadium deal, essentially begging for $400 million from Nevada taxpayers. Uh, What was odd about this is neither owner Don Fisher nor the president, who uh, I think it's Dave Caval, maybe his name escapes me at this point, but neither of them decided to show up to this meeting. The very first time they were presenting to Nevada, the legislature of Nevada, like I said, essentially begging for public funding. Um, it was Monday, so the only thing I can think of is they couldn't break their Memorial Day barbecue plans to get out to <laughs> Vegas for this momentous occasion. I, I, I thought that was bizarre. Uh, first time presenting this. So the presentation itself, uh, since it was uh, publicly streamed, uh, that was came under some scrutiny. And in fact, uh, one, of, one of my favorite uh, sports business writers, Maury Brown from Forbes magazine, uh, actually covered this extensively in an article. And I, I pulled a quote that he, that he had specifically about the, the presentation that the, the A's gave to the Nevada legislature. I think you've got it pulled up over there. A parade of incorrect historical numbers, outlandish projections, and creative financing plans, much of which had holes blown in it. Maury Brown, yeah, Forbes that, magazine. That, that was actually essentially what that what the presentation was. So it, I won't get into details because that the, that minutia can be described by professionals such as Maury, but I'll take his word for it. Uh, it's it's horseshit what the, what they gave him in the first the first uh, round of presentations, begging for this money and trying to land their land their team in a new city. That might be the reason why the president and owner didn't show up because they were so their presentation was full of embarrassing lies and in it inaccuracies and everything else. So just another comical step on this unbelievably long and arduous journey to a new fucking stadium for those fucking A's. They'll be like, I didn't approve that. (laughs) I wasn't even there. Yeah. I'm not sure what the strategy could possibly be, but it's not too difficult to poke holes in anything you can't lie directly to the the legislature and think you're going to get away with it, especially when you're asking for public funds. So maybe you can get away with it. Maybe that's how the government really works. We're just getting a getting peering into the underbelly and how how these things actually actually work out. But very strange. So uh, unless there's more news about that, I don't. Again, I don't see how how I'll be bringing up the A's. I'm not sure what the next step in the this legislative processes but i think this might be a little bit drawn out much as the whole process in oakland has been so i'm gonna we'll uh, see the next steps there come back with real numbers yeah <laughs> that, that might help <laughs> 
Well, I think from that negativity, I want to move over to our favorite segment, our new segment this year, our Badass of the Week. Is this guy supposed to be the ultimate badass? Oh, man, I see some crazy-ass shit in my town. I don't believe what I just saw! I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. What you see here, this is what you get. That's it. You like it, you like it. Don't beat it. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? And this ball is long gone. Mercy. What in the world? Boom, boom. It's a little bit different week. Uh, Typically, we like recently, we've had all sorts of incredible offensive performances with five or six home runs in a week. OPS is over 1,400 with Christopher Morrell last week. Uh, this week was a little bit down offensively, but we still had two two uh, position players we wanted to highlight, and we definitely have a a pitcher we we need to highlight here. So I think you've got the stats pulled up over there. I do. Uh, the aforementioned Romy Gonzalez of the White Sox has had three home runs, four RBIs, four runs, one stolen base, and a nine five two OPS. Yeah, that's that's why you're <laughs> specifically why you're, there's so much consternation on what to do when when uh, Elvis Andrews comes back comes back. So. Yeah, Romy, Romy, I always I made fun of him when he first got called up. I think I called him Rolo Tomasi. Um, yeah, you did. I because he was just such a nondescript guy, and I'd never heard of him. But he he's putting off putting the offensive numbers together, and he's playing solid defense. So it's gonna be hard to get him off that roster at this point. Yeah, I think it'd be foolish. But hey, it's the White Sox, so wait and see. <laughs> um, up next, Detroit Tiger Zach Short. We've got two homers, eight RBIs, three runs, one stolen base, and a one-one-three-nine OPS. So Zach Short has been brought up in this podcast before, but I never thought I'd bring him up in the badass of the week. He he had an incredible week, including against your White Sox with some key late RBIs. Um, Zach, I, I only know him because before his Tigers career, because he's on the Compound podcast with Ian Happ. And ah. we, we've referenced him multiple times. So he's, they've been, they were teammates during the pandemic when they were all with the Cubs. Uh, Short was subsequently traded to the Tigers, but they've kept their, their relationship, of course, and they've kept their podcast going. It's on, it's actually on the John Boy Network. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah. So th- it's a fun podcast. It definitely gives you an insider perspective. It's, it works out great for me because it's a Tigers perspective and a, a Cubs perspective too, but tells you kind of about the inner workings and the daily lives of major league players and it's it's pretty cool there's been lots of lots of interesting news with all those guys you know over the years so so it's cool to see zach you know kind of i feel like i've kind of followed him on his journey and now he's a real contributor to the tigers which i never thought of him as more as you know a utility guy that you know can pinch hit here and there play solid defense um but now he's 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 becoming an offensive threat and it's cool to see and you hear about his thought process, you know, in specific, they'll go back like next week, you know, whatever the, the latest podcast is, he'll be talking about this past weekend. What, what happened, what he was thinking at the time, you know, how, how it all worked out and you, you get some really cool insight. So I would highly recommend at least for Tigers and Cubs fans or anyone that likes to get hear the inner workings of current major league baseball players, minds, check out the pod, check out the compound podcast. Nice. 
Yeah, that is a good podcast. I've only listened to it a few times, but it's yeah, freaking solid. They're, they, you can tell they have fun doing it. Yeah, there's a couple dudes. I mean, kind of like us, just with way more, way more credentials, Mo- way just, more clout. Yes. Yeah, just shooting the shit. Um, and last but not least, Marcus Stroman, one hit complete game shutout against the. As you point out, the best team record-wise in baseball right now, the um, Tampa Bay the Tampa Rays. Rays. Yeah, Tampa Bay Rays. Eight Ks and only one walk. I think that one walk, you know, he sucks. He yeah. walks someone. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But this the Rays. Is, I, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say something for. You're gonna for downplay Red the Hammer. Rays. That's interesting. Well, the Rays. The Rays. The best. The Rays have fallen off a bit. They, okay. they've fallen back into the middle. They have the same record the as middle. the Giants, Giants in May. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Yankees had a, a 19 and 9 May. Rangers 18 and 9. Astros 17 and 9. So they've come back down to earth. They're they're league. So, you know, it's not like they're playing the same team that everyone was playing in April. That's all. I'm okay. Saying. Well, they do still have the best best record in baseball. Yes, yeah. To your point, the, yeah. that was built up in in early May or early April throughout April. So I get I get what you're saying, but yeah, I don't, I don't think it's too difficult to call them one of the best teams in baseball. There you the go. Thank All you. Right. Thank right. you. There, there's my the little caveat. Tigers have a better May record than the Rays. No, oh, so I, I wouldn't even have guessed that, but. I don't know. We we haven't had a pitcher that had a complete game shutout this year, um, this or a complete game even. So I thought that was remarkable. It, the timing of it couldn't have been more critical, as I mentioned earlier, for the Cubs coming off of a, a horrendous series sweep loss to the Reds. Yeah, it's, it's such it's a gonna... gauntlet coming up with you know this is the first game of the Rays series, which you thought was going to be a disaster, and yep. then like I said, they're they're on the road now for ten days and on the West coast with against the Padres, which we'll see uh, the angels, I think who just uh, had a, had a fun time at, at Sox park this week. And then your San Francisco giants ending up the road trip, I believe. So I don't know. I, I, I would like, I think the, the two offensive performances that we were highlighting this week, aren't quite up to the, the level we've been at for most of the season. It's uh, only the other, the other players we've been giving it to with Lewis Robert and Christopher Morrell, Cody Bellinger a few weeks ago, several weeks ago. I just think this pitching performance is, is unmatched. We, we haven't seen, like I said, a complete game. You never see complete games anymore. Um, the eight K's and one hits and one walk. I forgot about the one walk. That is, that's brutal, but what can you do? So what are your thoughts? Where do you want to go with this? Final. I, mean, I was leaning towards Zach Short. Um, I don't disagree with your your logic. Did he pitch at? He only pitched once within our week time frame, or you just want to call out this one performance? It's just his one performance. Yeah. No, this is all he pitched over for badass of the week. This is the only performance he had this week. Correct. Or? Yes. Really. Yeah. Huh. All right. I mean, I don't know. It was Monday. I, I'm not going to I'm not going to like fall on a sword if I'm fine with making it Marcus Stroman. You know, that that'll be good for his trade value at the trade deadline this year if we make a the badass only, of the, the week. Only, the only issue you might 
have beyond that is he this would be his second badass of the week. He'd be the first repeat badass of the week we've had this season. So or in the history of badass of the week. So I don't think that should preclude him from winning again. But uh no, he went he had that incredible fucking run. I mean, no one could deny him badass of the week at that point. I mean that that yeah was, we that was when that we first started. I think we started like the third week of the season. So we were combining three outings for, for everybody, which there are several great contenders that time. So this is a little bit different at least, but well, he you're not going to fall on your sword. Go ahead. No, he also had a pretty good outing against the Mets on Wednesday of last week. We, I think we included that in, cause we, Oh, oh was so, it in the day? Okay. Yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah, no, I'm fine. It's not like he's pitched bad this year. Well, we're talking about this week is all. So I, I, it'd be cool to give it to Zach short, but I think that would look kind of odd by the end of the year that he was a bad, badass of the week with only two home runs. You think he's going to have two home runs all year? I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> that, might, that, that might be it. But he, he had well, one hell of a Even week, more so. reason to give it to him. Should we just give it to, I think, I think you're fine for, I like it. All right. That's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of shocked that we're not going to give a complete game shutout uh, pitcher that are, badass league but let's do it it's our fucking podcast we can do whatever we want we're you're gonna put... try tigers hat for christ i know you're fighting harder than i am so all right we're doing it zach short you are our badass of the week yeah zach keep it up buddy <laughs> just not this weekend <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look what you did it's gonna be full of confidence now he's he's a reigning badass of the week marching into chicago I just using this to set up commentary for next week when he goes like oh for 17 this weekend uh, or something. You, you, you son of a bitch. You <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> well played by you. Well, I think we can wrap up this week with a, a quick aesthetics. Oh god, really? Hey Kramer, what do you think of this shirt? It's too busy. You know what you two look like? What? Dorks. <laughs> they look like a couple of dorks. I think it's the stupidest shirt I've ever seen, to be perfectly honest with you. You look like a fool. Can I say one thing to you? And I say this with an unblemished record of staunch heterosexuality. Absolutely. It's fabulous. <laughs> well, it was big news in Detroit, and it's going to be big news in Chicago. The D is gone? No. The Detroit Tigers announced and revealed oh, yes. an advertising patch on their left sleeve. We've seen Fire. it a little bit across Major League Baseball. Really executed poorly, I think, in most cases. I think the, the Astros have an enormous, weird-ass patch. I don't even know what the what the brand is. but It, it says, like, meth or something on yeah, it. It's it, weird. it looks it, look, it, very, it clashes with the uniform, for sure. The Mets are in a similar situation with some bank, I think. Just an ugly, ugly logo, ugly patch. It just doesn't doesn't work. The Padres, they have a Motorola, huge Motorola. They call it the Bat Wings. Their M logo looks like Bat Wings. That one's obnoxious. The Tigers actually, I think, did a really good job with this. You barely was, notice it. It was, yeah, exactly. It was huge news in Detroit. Of course, I've I brought this up many times. The the home, the home, the very clean home. Uniform for the Detroit Tigers is sacred in, in the state of Michigan because it is so simple. It is perfection, I would say. It has also been the same uniform they've had for over 100 years, pretty much. It has remained unchanged. I went on a rant. I think the, maybe the first aesthetics we ever had, I, I went on a diatribe about the Nike logo appearing on 
Yeah. All all 30 major league uniforms. Yikes. Yeah. Now, I didn't really have a problem with it anywhere except for the Detroit uniform, which was so clean and pristine and void of elements other than the logo on the chest that the, that the Nike logo was de- de- defiling it essentially. But of course, every uniform has that now, so you, you kind of don't see it anymore. But this Meyer logo uh, on the left sleeve is even less noticeable than, than the Nike logo on the chest. It is small for one thing, which is great. They changed the Meyer logo color to Detroit's dark Navy, which yes. is another great move. Uh, the Meyer logo is red with some with blue dots over the I and J. So for them to agree to change their branding to, to flow in nicely with, with the tigers is really remarkable. And I think it's great. And literally people were really up in arms when it was announced. And it was kind of, I don't remember any, you know, previous announcement that it was coming. Like all of a sudden the tigers just released it on their website that with some corny video about how a grocery store chain is integral to the fabric of, of the Detroit tigers culture in the state of Ooh. Michigan and which that that kind of horseshit we love we love to make fun of when we go over the the Nike City oh, kind of uniforms and other shit. But yeah, but the way they executed, I really don't have a problem with, and I don't think anyone's brought it up since since the first day. I mean, people I, people had trouble just with the idea of it, but now you wouldn't even notice. I mean, I basically thought it was like when uh, in the natural when they sewed on the lightning patch. They went yeah. three out of three out of four from the white side. I mean, it <laughs> there was we go. Giving them fucking power like the lightning bolt. The power of Meyer. Yeah, I don't. There are Meyer stores in in Illinois, but are you familiar with Meyer at all? It, oh yeah, I shop at Meyer sometimes. Okay, I think it's more. It must be out in the suburbs. But I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's in the burbs. It's I didn't notice in, it. In hardly city my, proper. Okay, I grew up like Meyer was a staple of of mid Michigan at least. I mean, there's there's two Meyers within five miles of my house right now. They're all over the place. So I always thought of it as a Michigan brand. So that's kind of cool just that it doesn't feel like some, you know, faceless corporate entity that just dropped in and, and started paying, paying the tigers for it. I, the other part of it is I heard the point made that, you know, they're probably going to make the estimate is probably about $10 million for this patch. The mm-hmm. tigers are going to rake in. I don't know if that's per year or what that estimate was, but the, the argument would be made, you know, if people are really up in arms about this, why don't we start up a GoFundMe to raise $10 million <laughs> for them not to put the patch on? Yeah, exactly. I so mean, if, if people are really that upset about it, put your money where your mouth is, but really, it's, like I said, it's died down quickly. So it's the most tasteful patch I've seen thus far. It does beg the question as now that Pandora's box has been opened and we will be seeing a guarantee logos on both the White Sox and Cubs. What do you think those those brands might actually end up being and how could they what would you if you know it has to happen is there a brand you would like to see over others or there's is there something that you wouldn't want to see on a uh, white Sox uniform I'm kind of springing this on you so it might, might Yeah, I wouldn't to want to right see away. the guaranteed rate logo with the arrow pointing down that's already <laughs> prominent enough in the yeah, stadium. I don't think I've seen an example of that where the stadium sponsor is also the uniform yeah. sponsor, so I think they diversify a little bit more than that. So I don't think you have to worry about that, but you never know. 
Um, you know, the ultimate would be to have Rick Benny's be the sponsor, but they probably can't afford it. But that's the Italian steak sandwich shop. I was wondering if you're going to go bridge forward. <laughs> that would be that would be the ultimate. I thought um, you might go hyper local like that, but they might yeah, not have but, the advertising budget for it. No, they probably don't. But <laughs> I would say I really feel like one of these two are, is really the most fitting patches, and it would be a Miller Light patch. I That's hate to say it, but it's true. Like it's, it's, they were only out of the park for like, what, four years maybe before they, you know, bullied their way back in and it's fine. It's like how it's supposed to be to me. That's what I grew up with. I might it, be corrected wrong, but I believe beer sponsors are, are not allowed on the uniform. I think all right. One, I think that's one category that might be, I, we talked about it uh, when this first came up, this might've been two years ago okay that patches were coming but so you might not be able to get miller light on there vienna beef would be the other one (laughs) everyone goes to the park for the polishes and the hot dogs the line's always long everyone loves it put the fucking vienna beef on there i mean come on that'd be great i I think they're probably gonna go a little bit bigger corporate than that but the vienna beef would be fantastic i think the cool thing with the white Sox is it wouldn't be hard for any corporate brand to, to say you can use our black and white version of the logo to go with the, the socks colors. Right. Exactly. They, everyone has one. So I think, yeah, I think if, if they, if they uh, are able to do that, I think any, any corporate logo would, would look pretty good is in your team colors already. So again, that's, that's why that's part of why the, the tigers and wire combination works so well. So for the Cubs, I think it's pretty obvious who's coming to the patch the sleeve patch near you. Bison uh, dog? Actually, it's ironic because the Cubs have, at least until recently, they've always had patches on both sleeves. They've had the Cubs C logo with a bear stomping around in it. Oh, yeah. And, and then they've had the National League logo on the other arm. And that has conspicuously been absent for the last couple seasons, I think in, in anticipation of, of this advertisement. But I think you're going to see... Uh, the actually the home of the home sponsor of their spring training facility Sloan uh, be on the sleeves. And the best part is Sloan is the automatic toilet manufacturers where they flush themselves. They're a a toilet and plumbing company, which I think would be fucking hilarious to see on the, on the sleeve of of the Cubs. (laughs) It'd be funny on any baseball team to be honest. I mean, there's something that just feels like, cause they're, they, they're probably looking to get more exposure with the Cubs themselves, other than just their spring training facility. Right. You hear ads for them all the time on, on Cubs radio at least, but I think I could see them trying to get a, a larger footprint them or, you know, some hedge fund or some, some financial institution that the Cubs seem to be in bed with. Uh, that I think those would make sense or at least that's probably something that would be coming. I'm not sure I'd be fired up about any of those, but. All, all I can say is there's one sponsor that is, I know they're in the White, in White Sox. I haven't been to a Cubs game this year, so I don't know if they have any coverage in there, but I don't want he gets us. That <laughs> is on my fucking team's jersey. I did notice those, uh, I think this week against the Angels, the White Sox game, there's he gets us uh, all over the place in that stadium. And I did, I noticed it when we were at the ball game last month. Yeah. There's yeah, they, of, they they got a lot of they must have a lot of money because they advertise on TV during the games too. 
Jesus, Jesus isn't poor. Let's let's put it that way. The the Christians have some cash to, yeah. to go around there to so to spread their message. I I also think it's probably I bet in the rules they probably wouldn't allow um, if they're not. I get not allowing beer because I feel like they think it would everyone would just have a beer patch then because there's so much money there. Right. Like in the alcohol industry, like every everyone would just have some sort of alcohol. But I also would think hope they would dismiss any sort of like religious or i, I mean the white Sox are letting it in the ballpark already so uh, uh, again i mean I, the, I, the irony I, is I, everyone holds the, the baseball uniform sacred but could you have a religious patch on, on that sacred uniform no <laughs> i think there would be it would definitely be a conversation piece and he gets us would get that much more publicity than they already are getting so we're giving them uh, so I don't know. I'd be I'd be interested to see how that how that turns out. They've got I'm I their ads were all over the place in the game I was watching the other night. So they're like the colors are black, white, and like fluorescent green. I think they're like yellow. Yeah. Is it yellow? Okay, maybe yeah. maybe I was looking at that wrong. But I was thinking it might, that might be the same colors as Southpaw, your mascot. There, so <laughs> there, might, there might be some he synergy. Yeah, he is Christ. Southpaw <laughs> is Christ. But um. Yeah, he gets us his got it's they must be out of here because they've I, I was I at the United Center for a concert and I saw their shit up there too and I'm like Jesus Christ I can't get away from them. <laughs> well, I thought that was at least worth bringing up as yes. we do, do a now weekly aesthetics segment and it was so, cer- certainly news in Detroit when it happened and it's going to be news one way or the other in in Chicago. Yeah. You did spark a memory of mine of something I sent you earlier this week. So, and this is along the same lines, but Smitty mentioned how we like to make fun of the Nike connect and their long explanations of, of what everything means on the Jersey. I'm quite fearful as I text Smitty that they have created a monster within the sports fashion industry because I sent him an ad that new era has decided to put out of the father's day cap that like Nike connect explains every detail, which is only three, but had to take the time to explain the three details on a cap. And they have done it for every team. Uh, This has not happened before. Father's day needs an explanation. Like, yeah, do we not understand? And it was reminiscent of like, weird shit just like there's blue under the cap like under under the under the brim of the cap uh, which is, everyone knows that's that's prostate awareness yes, colors yes prostate they cancer awareness <laughs> prostate cancer awareness the socks logo is aware of the prostate <laughs> socks logo is in blue to represent father's day no shit <laughs> thank you uh, there's people getting paid lots of cash at, at nike over there to write it, those explanations. Well, so. no, but then I'm thinking like it's it's over at New Era. They're like, oh man, we got to piggyback on this Nike shit. Oh, at New Era. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's do these. Let's start explaining our hats to everyone. You and I are mocking this. I see those explanations mocked everywhere on social media. I'm not sure who's really into it. So I don't know where <laughs> where this is yeah, coming where's from. Yeah, where's the data this... coming to do it? Maybe there's a group that absolutely loves this. The the silent majority absolutely loves these explanations. Maybe we're just off base and too too tuned into Twitter and, and the snarkiness there. But well, I guess we'll see if these continue. But yeah, that was, 
Good that Lord. was fun. Yeah. All right. That's well, all I have. Yeah, I think we can wrap this episode 126 of In the Hole, episode 26, 28, of course, of Sox Type Thing. Unless we forgot anything. We've been doing this that, for hour and a half, or past an hour and a half. Now. Hour 45. Oh, yeah. Well, I think we can wrap this up. We can, You can find us in the meantime on social media. I'm at Major League A-Holes on Twitter. Pete over there is at Sox Type Thing. You can find us on Facebook. Instagram, YouTube, check out our YouTube at, I think it's youtube.com slash Major League A-Holes. You can find our merchandise at aesthetics.shop, A-S-S-T-H-E-T-I-C-S. You can find all these little segments I break up from these podcasts. You don't have to watch or listen to this whole hour and 45 minutes. You can find those on our website at SoxTypeThing.com or MajorLeagueAholes.com. And you can find these podcasts anywhere you'd like to find a podcast. So with that, we can declare this podcast is over. Peace. Peace. Yeah! Jesus fucking Christ, it's about time. S-S-H-O-L-E, everybody, S-S-H-O-L-E. I'm an asshole and I'm proud of it. Word Hole Media.